Now, since the massacre, there's been widespread speculation about Hamas's major supporter, Iran. The Islamic Republic denies involvement in the attack, but its leaders did call it, quote, a legitimate defence of the Palestinian nation. Iranian scholar Dr. Mariam Aslani of Oxford University calls Iran a neo-colonialist regime. She says it's exporting a uniquely harsh brand of Shia Islam to the region. She wrote an essay for The New Statesman and she says the recent speech at the UN by Iran's president, Ibrahim Raisi, revealed the bigger plan. His message was the world and the humanity is basically doomed, we are all on a path to destruction. And we can only be saved if we put ourselves under the protection of the sovereign rule of Allah. He basically picked up Goran and displayed it into the General Assembly and conveyed that Goran is a book, a holy book that represents that sovereign rule of Allah on earth. He also went on advocating Goran as the only thing that can save and preserve human dignity. But let's be very clear, when he talks about human dignity, Andrew, is not what you and I may think about human dignity. His idea is really about redemption after the end of history. Did that sermon, as it were, reflect in any way the vision of the Ayatollah Khomeini back in 1979? Is there a continuous theme there that he was pushing in the United Nations? It was exactly that. The vision of Khomeini and the vision of this regime is the expansion of Shia revolution universally. Ibrahim Raisi advocating the universal rule of Allah and Goran is very much in line with the vision of the regime. As you point out in this really interesting article that you co-wrote for The New Statesman, modern Iran is not a nationalist regime. So what is it if it's not a nationalist regime? I think, Andrew, it's very important and crucial for the international community to understand that the Islamic Republic is not like any other nation-states. Its aim is a global Shia revolution. The aim of this revolution is to spread Shia doctrine universally, destroy Israel, and generate an earthly war of all against all, so to create the condition for the final destruction and the return of the 12th Shia imam who is supposed to come back and lead the Muslim forces through this destruction to a redemption. This is the nature of this regime. And I mean that the founder of the Islamic revolution, Khomeini, very clearly said Islam opposes nationalism. He even warned his followers that we do not need people who want to be part of a nation. We need people who are Muslims. Even themselves, they never claim to be a normal nation state. Khomeini's vision is to create an ummah. The English translation would be something like community of Muslim, Mm. which, of course, will be divided if we start drawing earthly boundaries and borders between them. They want to have a universal Shia revolution and any national boundaries that can come in between and can divide the Muslim is something illegitimate. Mm. And the other thing is that in their representation of Shia Islam, 
no earthly system of governance is legitimate. So, Mariam, where has this vision of the Ayatollahs begun to transcend national borders, especially in the region? The first thing that comes in mind is the support of Hezbollah by economic support, also indoctrination program in several countries such as Iraq, Syria, Morocco, Yemen, even going as far as European countries like uh, United Kingdom and Germany. Basically, what they're trying to do is to export a variety of programs, whether it's indoctrination program or sending funds, even moving Shia population from Iran to fight in Syria, to fight in Lebanon. Isn't the absence of nationalism one of the strengths of Islam down through the centuries? It's not tied to one ethnic group. Yes, but Andrew, let's make it very clear. We're not talking about Islam here. We're not talking about a religion. We're talking about how the Islamic Republic is using their own interpretation of Shia Islam to justify their expansion universally. Yes, it may be a good thing that Islam, like all religions, are inclusive. But as I said, we're not only talking about the religion. We're talking about a brutal autocratic regime that has no respect for other religion, has no respect for human rights, has no respect for human dignity, and basically has turned the Iranian people to illegal citizens if they dare to oppose the regime's version of Shia Islam. Not only is not inclusive, their interpretation of Islam is used as a tool of oppression and violence is the most horrific form of governance because they are justifying Islam for their repression. This is a time that the Muslim community around the world should actually rise up and do not allow the regime to use Islam as a legitimizing force for its brutality. So if it's not a nationalist project on the part of the Ayatollahs and Iran generally, why do you say that it is in fact a colonialist project especially within Iran itself? First is about a relation of domination in which the entire society is robbed of its historical line of development. Second, the pursuit of the foreign agenda of the colonial rulers and how that agenda comes to shape the fundamental decisions that then come to affect the lives of colonized people. And finally, that the colonizers are convinced of their own ordained mandate to rule. We see that the Islamic Republic has colonized Iran. Yeah, well, that's very interesting, Mariam. In what ways? The historical trajectory of uh, Iran's political development was cut off in 1979 when the Islamic Revolution happened. That political trajectory produced the Middle East's first parliamentary democracy, in 1906, and this is called the Constitutional Revolution. And by 1920s, Iran was uh, very much on path to a secular legal system, freedom of speech and belief, and rights of women and all religious minorities were being guaranteed. This political innovation emerged more or less from the political tradition that dates back to ancient Persia. 
1979, the Islamic Republic tried to undo all of that. How is the Iranian regime actually rejecting the glorious past of uh, ancient Persia, uh, which in many ways, for many centuries, was an Islamic past? This campaign that aimed to destroy Persian culture resulted in devastating losses uh, to global cultural heritage. Basically, they had no consideration for any of this ancient political thinking, no consideration for ancient cultural heritage in Iran, any emphasis on Persian symbols, art, and history was very much forbidden in Iran. You see a backlash to this destruction in the current movement in Iran. Demonstrators emphasize very much on Persian art and history. Dr. Mariam Aslani of Oxford University. There's a link to her New Statesman article at our website. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.